the thing that really resonated with me with her was that she was authentic and vulnerable. So people had been selling to me a bill of goods that was false, which is, I'm a Christian, so my life is great <laughs> and perfect. And yay, let's skip into the sunset. Um, and I wasn't buying it. I'm not buying what you're selling. Um, so the, the thing that she said to me, and it just, it, it literally hit me like a ton of bricks one day. And it, it, I just remember it like it was yesterday. We were on a bus, I don't know, driving to another spot up in Brooklyn. And I was kind of toying around, wrestling with this idea of faith. And and she, you know, struggles with, um, and me as well, has struggled with depression, anxiety, you know, throughout our life. And so I'm like, okay, what's the difference between you and me? You know what I mean? Like, we both have struggles. Like, you struggle with that. I do too. Like, you know, you have this, you have that. You, you're, you know, get afraid of this. You have this challenge. Like, like okay, like, what's the difference? And she said this, and it always resonated with me. She said, I do, I have these struggles. My life isn't perfect, you know. Um, they come up, and sometimes they get better, and some things go away, and some don't. She's like, but um, I have a peace. There's a peace that I have. Um, I don't always understand everything, but whenever I, you know, stop and settle, like, there's a peace that I have. And I was like, you know what? That's something that I can get on board with. Hi friends, welcome back to episode eight of the Story at the Center podcast. This is the last one. I can't believe it. It's crazy. This season has gone by so quickly. We are so glad you're here. Um, Today we're having our good friend Candace on and let me tell you guys, one of my favorites. Literally, I, we had the best time and I'm so, so pumped for you guys to continue to listen and to hear her story. We didn't even scratch the surface really of all the things that um god wants to do i th- i think through candace's story so we're gonna we're gonna have to we're have gonna her have her back for sure um i want to invite you guys please um subscribe and leave a review um that's how we're gonna get these stories out there that's how people when people come across our podcast we want them to see you know the amazing things that God has has done through the stories thus far. Um, also subscribe because I'm already excited for season two. We have our um, season episode opener already ready to go. And let me tell you guys, you're really going to like it. So please subscribe so that you can stay up to date and be ready when we um, start uploading season two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you guys really just love this episode and I pray that God it hits something in here that, um, the spirit just moves. Um, so keep on listening and get ready for an amazing episode. Hey friends, welcome to episode eight of season one of the story at the center podcast. And today we welcome our friend Candace. Candace, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, Candace has a unique perspective on stories because part of what she does well the the bulk of what she does mm-hmm. for Austin Christian Fellowship is digital storytelling and so as we walk through her story today we're gonna get her perspective on the power of stories and I can't wait for that so Candace share with us a little bit about who you are what God's got you doing and we'll just jump right in yeah um I am an ACFer I've been at Austin Christian Fellowship for I don't know like five six years um, and I've been on staff for about half of those. Um, 
and I've been lucky to be in the role now that is always kind of evolving um, as creative content producer, which is a lot of visual storytelling. Um, I have a background in that for undergrad. I, I took a video in photography, and in grad school, I studied uh, creative nonfiction writing. So I love stories. I've always loved stories. Um, really grateful that I get to do that. Uh, I think that the biggest advantage in telling stories and hearing stories is that it's what connects you to each other. Um, as, a, as a kid, I started writing really young, um, loving to make videos and with my dad's giant like 80s camera that was probably half my size. Um, <laughs> that's, that's great. With giant VHS tapes, VHS tapes just you know wedged in there, um, and just you know making soap operas with my friend and commercials and um, you know just being kids. Um, but also I wrote a lot. I started writing at a young age and journaling, but that was mostly um, just cathartic for me to put my life out there. Um, and I think that that's a really important piece in telling stories is. Mm being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, and then maybe, just maybe, someone will resonate with that, mm. understand that, and maybe it'll add value to their life, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you talked about the the importance of the opportunity you had to be creative as a kid. Like, what was that, what was the, was there, was there a moment that the, the spiritual switch sort of flipped and that mm. kind of turned the storytelling for you um mm. what 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 was that like uh, that's interesting so i feel like when i was a kid um i definitely had a level of faith growing up i remember feeling like there was angels around me i mm. loved the idea of angels like it scared me and excited me at the same time yeah and I had like a prayer on my wall that was like a tapestry that would say like, now I lay me down to sleep, that kind of, and I would read it over and over. And so I always felt like I had the faith of a child. Um, and, and that was kind of separate from my creative life at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I started actually writing because um, I had a lot of, um, challenges in my childhood and I started going to therapy at a young age and mm. my therapist said to start journaling so by the time I was eight I was like filling up journals um, and writing movie scripts and poems and or just what I ate for lunch or and it just kind of started so it was for me it was like a it was a therapy it was a it was a release um, it was a comfort and then you know I walked away from the church um, when I was in high school. So um, and I still create um, here and there, but I really didn't have like full direction. So that was a whole season of where I was creating apart from God, um, mm -hmm. and ended up going to school um, and thinking I was going to be a psychologist, and I ended up majoring in video production, <laughs> which is kind of like a psychologist. Um, and uh, I thought that part of my life, um, the faith part was over. Um, and so sort of the story that that led me back into faith with cre the creative life was um, I felt, well, now I know it was like it was God working in me, but um, I felt this like very deep need to move to New York City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I, I couldn't really put words to it. I just knew that I needed 
to go and I need to be there, whether it was to explore or, you know, I grew up in Austin to get away, um, to just have new experiences and opportunities that just really pushed me. And I ended up moving to New York, um, and signing up for a stand-up comedy class after living there for three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, also now I could say it was God. <laughs> Um, because I don't recommend that for anyone Um, (laughs) and uh, started taking that class and I met this girl who was super sweet and really hilarious and I was shocked to find out that she was a Christian um, because she was so non-judgmental and so um, light-filled and so uh, considerate of others Um, and we became friends and Eventually, I mean, to make a very long story short, um, that reintroduced me back into the faith. Mm -hmm. So then we started doing um, shows together, which what's so funny is the first day she met me in comedy class, she'll tell you that she thought I was French because I had thick black bangs and bright red lipstick. (laughs) And I had like a super like, I was wearing tights with like a dress and she was like, this girl's something different. And I'm like, no, I'm from Texas. <laughs> um, but I was definitely in a season where I was pushing the envelope and trying to find my identity. So my, I was like, I can be a new person. So I very much was like doing like comedy that was like not appropriate oh. and just really pushing the bounds um, in the way that I grew up. Um, and so it's funny that, you know, fast forward like a year and a half later, I'm doing like clean Christian comedy <laughs> um, with my friends. Um, and we had a comedy troupe and, and got to perform and, and do videos and, and stuff like that. So that was kind of the evolution. Um, and so then when my faith really, you know, I kind of reentered in my life, my faith reentered in my life, um, essentially when I was given the opportunity eventually to to do the creative and do the faith, that to me was like, um, it was just the marriage of like my two favorite things <laughs> at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and really like when I look back at the things that I was doing um, and where my heart was, like God was in all of that, mm-hmm. you know, even when it was more for like a cathartic thing or a therapy thing, like he was in that, he was healing mm-hmm. that was cultivating that um i never thought that i would work for a church in one billion years (laughs) that was never on my radar um but for me i think like story has the advantage of being healing Mm -hmm. being comforting um questioning things it gives you opportunity to question i think that one of the things that my friend did for me that was pivotal was allowing me to question Mm -hmm. Um, so that I could find out what I believed. Um, And if you're not allowed to question, then it's hard to have, it's hard to get an answer that has real foundation underneath that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, was there ever a time that you felt like maybe, because you had talked about growing up and kind of having the faith in the beginning, but then kind of, going away from it did you ever feel like maybe especially when you were like moving to New York that like if you were to explore that again the God stuff the you know faith that it would take away like opportunities for you as a creator 
or crush your dreams like in like you hold know, you back yeah hold you back from like things that you really wanted to do mm. no because god really wasn't on my radar mm. at all i um if you've ever heard of the secret the book the secret i'm super into the idea of putting um like manifesting your reality mm. so putting things out there and like creating your own universe based off of the way that you operate in the world mm -hmm. so i was all about like energy and like the universe you know um and all these things like come together to help you achieve your dreams so for me like chasing the career was my god mm. so mm. and i just wanted something to help me do that yeah. <laughs> right the means to get yeah. to the thing yeah so god wasn't even he wasn't he wasn't on mm. he wasn't he wasn't something to consider I'd, I'd been away for i stopped going probably when i was about 15 and at that point i was 23 so yeah can you pinpoint that like at 15 what was the what was the deal breaker you know, it's really funny because I, up until recently, I thought I stopped going at 13 because uh, I thought, oh, once high school hit, I, I must have just walked away. Um, but my mom gave me a bin a couple months ago and I, ha I found some journals that I apparently I went to a, a retreat, um, uh, a teen retreat. And I was very much like open to all of that. Mm. Um, I, and I actually have a memory of it. It was, it was I grew up Methodist, so it was called Chrysalis. Um, and... I remember people were talking about butterflies and we were in this sanctuary and I feel like I was the only one that noticed this giant butterfly that just like flew by the window. Um, and I remember that moment, but I had almost blocked it out. Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason I ended up, when I really look back at it, my opinion is um, I was part of a place that I personally felt, I mean, I was a kid, so you know it's hard to know really what the truth was, but when I look back, I feel like I personally felt I wasn't allowed to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone that knows me knows, A, that I like to talk, and B, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I needed to wrestle with some things, and it felt, it felt to me that that was frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Like I was supposed to just believe what was said and just smile and keep marching on. Mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't my style. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't going to work for me. Um, so there was that. On top of... Um, my best friend growing up is gay and so I needed to talk about that and mm. I needed to ask some questions mm -hmm. um, and if that wasn't gonna happen you know I love my friend he's a good person then I'm going to walk away you know mm. um, I think the final straw was reading in the Bible that a certain number of people were a certain number of Jewish people were gonna go to heaven and, and I think revelations 144,000 I had a question about that you know and mm -hmm. so I'm just like okay all these people that I know that are my grade aren't asking questions. They're saying, okay, yes, yes, yes. I got it, got it. This mm. is true. And then they are the ones, quote unquote, you know, doing bad things. Mm -hmm. I was the goody goody with all the questions that everyone's like, Candace, can you just, sh can you just, sh <laughs> so I was like, I'm mm. just going to go do life and figure it out for myself. Mm. Um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah. I, I think in, you know, having spent so much time with teenagers in my in my ministry experience one of the one of the mantras that i've tried to live by and tried to coach volunteers to live by that work with teenagers is that questions aren't the 
qu- questions are not the enemy mm. of faith. Mm-hmm. Actually, unprocessed questions are the yeah. enemy of faith. I would agree with that. And so if we don't provide a safe place for anyone, not just teenagers, but anyone mm-hmm. to process their doubt and questions, then we're setting them up for a scenario like you shared where they're just floating looking for answers and then what's left to inform is not anything that god brings to the table Mm -hmm. right um although you were god used a person in your life to help you process your questions right obviously you talked about your friend being non-judgmental and being open to your questions and it was the first time really you found a believer who was willing to let you process without trying to hush you or right or just give you the pad answer yeah and so man that is (laughs) that's a huge deal yeah right for sure um because our culture is not gonna automatically agree or see the things that we know Mm-hmm. And so, you know, beating it into them, right, <laughs> or or silencing them mm-hmm. is not going to be yeah. the answer to that yes. that the solution to that problem. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that you know, when I look back, there there really wasn't, and this is this is this is not the only church that struggles with you know things like that. But um, there really, to to my experience, there wasn't a lot of mentoring or discipling mm-hmm. um and so you feel kind of like like a straggler <laughs> drifting <laughs> into the sea um and then you're you have friends at school that don't have faith you know and so mm-hmm. and they're your friends and they're your comfort and right. so and mm-hmm. you can trust them um and rely on them and they can guide you and so that's easy to that's easy to fall on that mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. and to feel like what's the reason for the other thing because the other thing makes me feel um, like judged and alone and the other thing is telling me like it's that it's that slippery slope of you know if you I mean that, there's a reason why Jesus said like love God love people and it's not because the Ten Commandments don't matter it's because the Ten Commandments are filled when you love God and love people mm. right now if you don't know the love of God and you don't have a relationship with him um, then how are the rules going to flow out of you? You're mm. just going to live under the law. And Jesus came to abolish the law. You know, all these things that I felt like if they, even my 15-year-old brain could have started to comprehend them. But if they're not laid out for you and you don't understand really the gospel mm. yet in its entirety, then you just, you're looking at a list of rules and you're looking at all these people yeah. making you conform to that. Right. <laughs> that, that only gets you so far. You're white-knuckling your faith, basically. Right. Right. Well, and it can be really confusing, too, because then you're living in this life of just, you have these people over here who are, you know, following these rules that you don't understand, and then there's these other people who are not following these rules at all, and then you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right. I, you know, like, I feel like I've walked through that as a teenager. I mean, like, what? Like, I'm confused. So um, I was going to ask you about your friend who you had said you were surprised to hear that she was a Christian because she was non-judgmental, And so that you had that kind of that thought of like what Christians were supposed to look like in your brain. And I actually was just scrolling through Instagram a couple hours ago and 
I had seen this thing pop up on a story that was um, a guy had put up a billboard that said like describe Christians in one word and like text to this number and it was like you know a, a wide variety of things like I couldn't probably mostly say not, it. Good. not good things um, about Christians and so I guess I don't even know really what my question is but I'm kind of trying to say like what you saw her how was it like after that point whenever you had you know met her going forward with viewing Christians if that makes sense because mm-hmm. like for me I feel like if I was in that situation it would be like oh she's non-judgmental but you might come in contact with someone who is still and you're mm-hmm. like okay but what is Christianity and what are uh, these people supposed to be like you know so like what was mm. what were those thoughts and you know in regards to her just like what were my thoughts in regards to her yeah and like just like after that christian yeah yeah contrasting like believers Mm -hmm. yeah in the world besides her okay okay well i'm gonna say this because i don't know if this answer probably doesn't but the thing that popped up when you were talking um is aside from the judgmental piece like um the thing that really resonated with me with her was that she was authentic and vulnerable Mm. so people had been selling to me a bill of goods that was false Mm. which is i'm a christian so my life is great (laughs) and perfect and yay let's skip into the sunset Mm. um and i wasn't buying it i'm not buying what you're selling Mm -hmm. um so the the thing that she said to me and it just it it literally hit me like a ton of bricks one day and i just remember it like it was yesterday we were on a bus i don't know driving to another spot in brooklyn and i was kind of toying around wrestling with this idea of faith and and she you know struggles with um and me as well has struggled with depression anxiety Mm -hmm. you know throughout our life and so I'm like okay what's the difference between you and me you know what I mean like we both have struggles like you struggle with that I do too like you know you have this you have that you you're you know get afraid of this you have this challenge like like okay like what's the difference and she said this and it always resonated with me she said I do, I have these struggles. My life isn't perfect, you know. Um, They come up and sometimes they get better and some things go away and some don't. She's like, but um, I have a peace. There's a peace that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't always understand everything, but whenever I, you know, stop and settle, like there's a peace that I have. And I was like, you know what? That's something that I can get on board with. Mm. Not perfection, um, but allowing yourself to open yourself to God and to receive his peace you know we're not perfect so it's not always we're not going to always receive it perfectly but he's always giving it to us perfectly mm. yeah yeah it's interesting because <clears throat> I think that most people and I think this is probably this is true of the people that were responsible for my um well I will say this we're in leadership over my um, formative spiritual years like probably yours and your experience they're well-meaning they're not trying to be the enemy of actual faith but they're just confused about what the face of God looks like Mm. and so this this understanding of 
of authenticity that you found in your friend I think those who are trying to white knuckle it is they just don't know how to be vulnerable right they don't know how to be okay not being okay Mm -hmm. right Mm. and we end up doing the kingdom and the gospel of this service because we're trying we're trying to be who we think Jesus is looking for uh, yeah yeah good point but in fact what we're doing is we're minimizing the work of the Holy Spirit and God's power in our lives mm-hmm. because it's not on him it's on us yeah and we are never going to have the ability for it to be on us. And so I love that part of the, of your story um, because that's where Jesus met you. Mm-hmm. He met you in that doubt. He met you in the, she doesn't look like anything I've seen before. And it was just her being real. Yep. You know? It was her being, you know, Jesus calling Peter and then still dealing with Peter's anger or his reaction or his un- unawareness of what was actually going on. His chopping off of the soldier's ear, or his, you know. Yeah. He didn't say, well, you did that. You can't be here anymore. Uh-huh. Right. right. Said, or his lack of faith. You know? Let me just tell you. Yeah. What's actually happening here. Yeah. Right. Right. And your friend had this experience with Jesus that allowed her to feel safe in that. And that's yeah. what I, that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me it took me a long time to figure that out. I was on a church staff and hadn't figured it out. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm over here just trying to be good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so. I'm pretty vulnerable and authentic. I, I strive to be, I hope to be, um, and maybe too much. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and that's the thing I think that is really important. And I think that the enemy constantly attacks mm-hmm. and me as well. I mean, so many times I can't count the number of times I've been in a Bible study or in a prayer hour or whatever and I say oh you shared too much or you know you 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 said too much or you you know why can't you just be this way why can't you just wrangle in or why can't you just hush your mouth and and so that would be my thing for people is um to don't agree with the enemy Mm. (laughs) um because sure maybe there are times where I could have you know nixed out a sentence or you know maybe reserve this for a different person or a different crowd but also like at the end of the day who cares Mm. Like, who really cares, you know? I mean, if you're being open and honest, um, God can work with that, you know, when you bring things out into the light uh-huh. and you bring it around people that are also striving to live in that light, then, like, what does it matter? Why dwell in that? I think that, like, Brene Brown, and you know, she's super into the vulnerability thing, and I think that's awesome and great, and she's done a lot of good. I know a lot of people that are Christian and non-Christian that both, um, really like what she has to say about that. Um, I would say that it's, I've known a lot of non-Christians that are very into, into her teaching. And I would say that, you know, Christians more than anyone need that lesson, you know, mm-hmm. and we need to put God at the center of it, mm-hmm. nothing else. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think that 
like when you take a teaching that is something that Jesus would support and you take Jesus out of it, you're it's we're missing we're missing a really important thing that I think the church could really, you know, grow in. I, I love ACF because I think like our leadership um, makes a stand to be really transparent and mm-hmm. vulnerable and open. And for me, that makes me trust my leaders even more yeah. um, because it's real mm-hmm. and we're in this together, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I have most recently even publicly described you as a digital evangelist. It, it's like you you are you have the gift of evangelism mm-hmm. like on you um i see it like you're involved in apartment life that's like a passion of yours and that's what apartment life is about right, right. is yeah. to live that's life true. with people and just be, be open to share jesus where the when the opportunity comes and you also have the opportunity to use the gifts and the talents and the skills that god has given you and the background you have in storytelling to evangelize so to me it's just a no-brainer right like your your role here is digital evangelist and so talk about um what you've seen as you know the marriage we talked about earlier of your passion Mm -hmm. for writing and producing meshed with your faith in the most real way yeah the 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 treasure that you found Mm -hmm. in that well, um, like I said, I'm a question person. <laughs> so I Which love... <laughs> I would say is a great quality it's to have great. in a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the thing. It's it is it's helpful because my desire sometimes is almost to anticipate a question someone might have and then figuring out how um, I could resolve it for them. You know, that's not everything. I you know, testimonies, those kind of things you can't control, but one of the things that I am passionate about is, is that specifically, um, I think that, um, people have the wrong idea about Christianity a lot of the times, people that aren't Mm -hmm. believers. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I did. (laughs) And so if there's something that I could possibly, um, say or do, or even provoke, um, um, or excite or intrigue to just open up that faith conversation, mm-hmm. um, like, then I'm excited to do that. Uh, oh, I could say this story is kind of funny. So it's funny that even I have the opportunity to do a job like this. Um, I met Russell Daniels through a friend while I was living in New York, and my anxiety was out of control. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't board a train for more than one stop. And he planted the seed for me eventually to move to Austin. And when I did, um, you know, my faith journey started in New York. But when I came back to Austin, I really had been kind of burnt by that church um, Mm -hmm. and separated myself yet again. And it was Russell who posted a video of Will um, preaching. Um, And that's eventually what brought me to ACF Mm. um, was someone captured a video put it up um and posted it out and here i am that's how i got here Mm. so if i can do that for someone else um you know whatever it is whether it's a sermon or a story um answer a question for someone provoke a thought um 
I think that we so often, I mean, it's funny that you call me evangelist because that brings me sheer terror. <laughs> I, I, That's usually how the kingdom works, by the way. Yeah. It's usually not, you know. I would always be like, God, give me any gift but evangelism. <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, that we, that has a negative connotation. Sometimes we think of evangelists and we think of like, you know, people with sandwich boards, like yelling, oh, sure, and sure. ringing the bell, like that, you know, the kingdom is near, um, which it is. Well, well I think though, the, that, <laughs> but that goes back to your, your desire to, to portray the kingdom and Christianity and the person of Jesus Christ in a, in the actual accurate light. Mm. Right. Because you talked about how, um, most people see it wrongly yeah and so you know we we even have our own perceptions inside mm -hmm. as insiders yeah that's true of words and things that mm -hmm. we have you know i mean for acf we didn't even have deacons for for 20 years because there was baggage mm -hmm. on the word on the title mm -hmm. based on people we know in the past so even insiders have baggage with yeah. certain things right like an evangelist has that right um, send me ten thousand dollars and your yeah. life will be great, right? Over the <laughs> right. television, right? We, you know, for those of us, Abby's too young for that, but for you know, for those of us who are old enough to remember tele that, yes, yeah, televangelist, that was the that was the scandal, yeah. right, of the eighties and the early nineties, and so I totally get that, but yeah. it goes to your point, right? Like portraying right. it in a in an actual accurate light, and I think too, like um, something that's been passionate, a, a passion of mine for maybe when I first started ACF even, um, there's this um, series that really resonated with me with Andy Stanley um, called, um, I think it's just called Christianity, but it's literally talking about the rebranding of Christianity, how Christianity needs, needs a brand uh, update. Mm -hmm. um, but really it's just talking about um, the things that we're known for, um, you know, and of course that's just the way it is in the world, right? Like if there's something, you know, you know, scandalous that's the thing publicized and all right. the other mm -hmm. really good things right. are yeah. not uh, so much but I'm definitely passionate about the rebranding idea um, being being honest being authentic being vulnerable um, sharing hey like I have these stories this is how God helped me walk through that this is where he came through for me um, or this or he used this person um, to bring me here and you know, and that sort of thing the thing that's really powerful about stories is, you know, we all know in our own lives that you only understand it when you can look back on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. When mm -hmm. you're living in it, it's it's a whole nother ball game. But you know, we all we have a one story that's our whole life, like the whole Bible or something, you know. And then we have like these chapters in mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they get concluded nicely, and there's a bow. And other times, it's like, you know horrific but if you have a relationship with god like he can always redeem those stories and one of my favorite things that i sound silly but that i like to daydream over is i imagine that when i die and we review my life um that i'm going to see um all the things that have happened to me you know good and bad mm. And I really look forward to the bad ones, you know, mm. like heartbreak or loss. Um, and I'm going to see like where Jesus was in that picture with me, mm. you know. Um, and that's something I'd like to offer to people um, because, and I've, you know, thought about, you know, creating some content regarding that because I think that people with the new age sort of belief system, 
they are becoming their own God um, mm-hmm. and their own healing and their own salvation. So, and that was kind of part of what I believed before. Like, you know, you train your mind, you meditate, you do all these things, which a lot of things have some scriptural truth to them, sure. <laughs> but not apart from God. Um, and then you create the life that you want. Um, the reality is, though, if you really had them sit down and think about it, you actually do not want to be your own God. <laughs> mm. That's actually not what your your heart of hearts, what you genuinely want inside. If you were honest with yourself, you you don't you you don't you don't want everything to fall on your shoulders. You don't want you know your your life to be your own full responsibility. You want to be able to to give the burden off to to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the pivotal thing in my faith that was like, oh, someone to share the burden with. You know, sometimes even like you know I like years ago went through a really hard heartbreak um and you know sometimes god heals you instantly sometimes he brings you comfort and sometimes he just sits with you in the pain and Mm -hmm. that is hard but i also can't wait to see that memory later in life when i'm with him and see him sitting beside me in it right you know right that's so cool you said um something that i think is super important in walking on our faith lives and i think it has a story component to it and it's community you alluded to like um not being your own god and i think one of the things that the world is offering trying to offer right now is this idea of independence Mm. right i've seen it probably more in the last couple months even on, on social media mostly where people are like, I'm never going to be dependent on anybody else ever again. Like this, like I'm only going to, me, it's me, it's me. And it goes back to that new age idea of being your own God, right? When you understand that God actually created us to be dependent, like he created us to be dependent on him first and foremost and other people, right? That he's gifted Mm -hmm. uniquely to be instruments of that piece you talked about earlier, the the comfort piece yeah you know it's like will talks about right that when god's people cry out for god's help god's answers god's people right and some in the culture at large doesn't understand the idea and of community but we often don't represent it well either Mm. we like because we're white knuckling our lives we're over here white knuckling our lives and we're being fake and faux in a in a christian community what good is that right yes. and so yeah man, absolutely man it's absolutely. it's uh it's it's humbling and also like daunting at the same time but i think that's why your role is as being a storyteller is so important and what we're trying to do on the podcast mm-hmm. because i think the story helps us helps give us a glimpse mm-hmm. of someone else's story gives us a glimpse of what of, of god in that moment sitting with us mm-hmm. right yeah right because we're getting we're getting his perspective on the situation that we're currently walking in by hearing someone else's um horrific ending yeah or tied up in a bow mm-hmm. yeah right yeah and we get encouragement from that right and that's part of what he does and how he uses our stories to influence and impact other people. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I love connections. Like when things all make sense to one another, I'm like, 
yes, like shivers everywhere. <laughs> and like one of the things that like really stuck out to me about your story is that like what drew you away from the church at the very beginning is the same thing that your your goal is in your your digital creations with you know the media yeah. and because you were shut down and shut out and you weren't allowed to ask your questions and you weren't able to be vulnerable you want people to be able to do that and you want to portray vulnerability in your work and that's just like that's mind so blown it's, like it's it, it's what we talk about a lot here about the kingdom is upside down yeah god mm-hmm. turning something uh-huh. on its head yeah right he yep. took the very thing that you ran that caused you to run yeah and he has literally like you talk about tied up with a bow right yep. like he's he said oh 100 yeah yeah. <laughs> so good. yeah i know it's so, so good. good it's i mean that's classic god because yeah mm-hmm. i mean the fact that you could put that together i mean there's so many things like that in my life you know the fact that you're saying that I'm an evangelist. Like the fact that my least, one of my very least, um, you know, rated spiritual gifts is hospitality. That ranks so low, and I do apartment life. Like, mm. <laughs> it's like what you, you know, what it, what you lacked growing up, or what you lack in skill. Like, I feel like God, He loves to to do that because then He shines. Yes, that's right. Yeah, He shines. Um, it's interesting that you say that, and we'll wrap up in a minute but like i heard i don't know if you're familiar with john bevere but i heard john bevere uh say um a while back he's a author and a bible teacher um his wife's lisa bevere and they do a lot of women stuff but john has said that um (laughs) so many of us take our skills and our talents and our spiritual gifts and we use them for our own purposes and when we do that the spiritual power sucked from them Mm. Um, because they're spiritual gifts for a reason. Like we literally can't do the fullness of them without him. Mm-hmm. And so what you said really rings true to me in that, um, like that's his purpose is the purpose of our gifts and he doesn't share the credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love that because you're saying like I, I do apartment life and I ha- I'm not, I don't have the gifts of hospitality, <laughs> but God has, God's, God is giving you what you need in that, but he's also like, because you have this desire to be authentic and let people be where they are. Mm -hmm. That's like, to me, like the perfect, the perfect combo Mm -hmm. for apartment life and for what you're doing with the digital ministry, because you are literally gifting people what you were not gifted. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And so that's that's just so good. Like that's so God, right? We love him. We love him. <laughs> it's so God. It's so God. And it is so true. I mean, if you're, I say this, like if you're not changing, and you're not not recognizing yourself along the way, then then I would ask myself, like like how closely are you following God? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know you mentioned isolation and um, the need for connection. Um, you know, I feel like people that isolate they're just hurt and mm-hmm. um community and god is the ultimate community mm-hmm. they offer a way out of that so but yeah <laughs> so good candace thank you for jumping on and being with us this week and um 
man, can't wait to see all the things that God is going to do, continue to do through no pressure. what you're doing. No, it's all on him. All on That's him. That's right. Yeah, it's right. all on so, What did you just say? He, he's going to dream the dreams with yeah. you, right? And that's, that's the cool part of that. Wow. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. It's awesome.